Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, bless his heart. The name, Ken Williams. I had a great weekend. No doubt a part of it was the fact that this is the last week of school, baby. While in some ways things seem to still be in shambles, in other ways, things really seem to be coming together. Another reason why my weekend was good because is because I stepped back a bit from my personal vision and goals. By this I mean I stopped forcing it. Lately, I felt this huge sense of urgency with regard to realizing my dreams. I felt compelled to spend every moment outside of my job with Swint trying to make it happen. I would carry my journal into the store, in the car, my laptop, to the coffee shop, all the while trying to meet the demands of my very stressful job. While I know intellectually that I need to focus on an unshakable goal, then relinquish my attachment to it, I wasn't practicing that law of success. I was applying levels of effort to the goals and the results I got were frustrated me to say the least. Well, on Sunday, I decided to live by another quote. And the quote is, wherever you are, be there. I spent time with my family and worked not to get caught being preoccupied with my life's passion. Today went well also. Again, it's the last week of school. I got to work and late in the morning I was greeted by an email from Dr. Rick DeFore. He was responding to the testimonials I wrote for his upcoming book, Learning by Doing. It made my day as he commented on my writing style combining feelings with ideas but more important than that was the idea of giving that is what this is about when someone who has complete credibility with you gives of his time and energy it's priceless my confidence is again soared upon receipt of this email below are some of the endorsements I wrote some of the drafts for Dr. DeFore and then the email from him the email reads Hi Ken, if I, have, if I have not done so already, I just wanted to let you know how impressed I was with your writing and the testimonials you provided for our upcoming book. You have a very vivid and powerful way of expressing yourself, so writing articles and books should not represent a major challenge for you. I admire your ability to convey both ideas and emotions. I look forward to seeing you in Birmingham. Rick. up dreading the thought that your teachers have no idea how to ensure equity for every student? Do you stress out at the thought that for years now you've been engaged in PLC light and not PLC right? 
do you find yourself frustrated that some of your teachers don't believe all students can learn at high levels? And do you secretly find yourself deeply frustrated and worn down by the excuses offered as to why kids aren't learning? Are you somewhat unsure of what it takes to embed equity on every campus and on every team with every teacher in every classroom? And do issues like equity, racism, and social justice feel like a powder keg set to explode and completely fracture your campus? If so, then you need my new book, Ruthless Equity. Disrupt the status quo and ensure learning for all students. And just, I want you to imagine yourself working with supercharged confidence because you have clarity about how to ensure equity for every student. Confidence about leveraging equitable practices that will make student achievement more measurable and predictable. And never again wonder if you make a difference because you now understand you are the difference. If you're looking for a path to equity for every student, that matters. And in my mind, the only path that matters is the one that moves the needle for student achievement, then you need Ruthless Equity. And not only do you need Ruthless Equity, but you wanna check out my newest product, the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. Nine videos, plug and play, where I facilitate a book study with your entire staff or with individual teams through the most important aspects of every chapter. There's no prep, there's no pre-work, no preparation at all. And so you as a leader, teacher leader or school leader, get to hit play, pause, and engage with your staff learning together. Nine videos, preloaded, all the materials right there, so that everyone on your staff hears the same language, delivered by the same person. No more train the trainer where you're wondering if it's being re-delivered with fidelity because I'm doing the delivering, baby. I'm doing the delivering. So you should combine both the purchase of Ruthless Equity and the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. Again, nine, listen, when I was a principal, if somebody offered me nine videos that were not only quality, but represented nine potential already planned Chia Pet, just pour water on it, just set it and forget it like Ronco sessions, nine sessions. I'd kiss that man on the mouth and I'm happily married, baby. I'm happily married. If you want to find out more information, go to ruthlessequity.com. That's ruthlessequity.com. Now back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. And I'm going to tell you up front, we're going to be here for a minute. I mean, you see the title of this episode I don't know what to call it and that's because I don't know what to call it I there's so much in this episode that uh, I just couldn't come up with one name I was going to call it Rick and then I was going to talk about pouring into people but then talk about you know that frustration that comes with just like pushing too hard I couldn't settle on anything I could have called it complacency so if you are a fan of Ruthless Equity and you're aware that the enemy of equity is complacency and complacency comes in many forms and if you've been to any of my keynotes you know I often start out by saying you know there's an enemy that's one second piece of bad news is the enemy is you 
yes, you and me, us. Complacency lives inside us. No one hoists it upon us. No one hits us over the heads with complacency. It's not a disease. We bring complacency to work every day. And every day we are, we find ourselves at different crossroads where we can choose to do what's best or we can choose to do what's most convenient or easiest or one something that will allay our fears and tamp down our risks. And I have to tell you, and I'm probably going to circle back to this point. I almost didn't record this episode tonight. I mean, I'm leaving for Nashville early tomorrow morning to go to Learning Forward. I have almost 15 years later done a lot of what I talked about in this episode in terms of just like pushing too hard. I mean, I had a moment a few minutes ago where I was like, you know what? I was trying to think, is there a holiday coming up where I can say something like Unfold the Soul is going to take off for a few weeks from the podcast because, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing is like recording a few of these at a time. And so I have them like in the chamber because my podcast is not a time sensitive one. I'm reading from a damn journal, right? The, like the content's already there. But I did that for a little while, then I fell off. So I'm having to record every week and like I'm tired. You know, when you, you know, when you, when someone texts you and you're tired and your thumbs feel like feet, like they weigh eight pounds a piece, like it, when it hurts to send a text back, that's where I am at this moment. Well, not there. I'm, I'm better now because I opened up and read the episode. So I hadn't read the next page yet. I didn't know what was coming. I usually don't. Uh, read too far ahead I was just like charging my iPad for the morning packing some books for Nashville because I'm going to learning forward I'm kind of tired and I was like shit is there a holiday coming up then I had this other thought like can a black man just take off for a week from a podcast do a black man got to do a podcast every damn week can a black man have a I was going to try that shit and then I realized you know what sit your ass down and do the podcast <laughs> And then when I looked at the episode, oh man, I was doubly embarrassed because this is one hell of an entry. One. Two, this entry is helping me as much as I hope it helps you. Because the first point I want to make is, damn, that part about like forcing and um, basically, and I, I heard this from like Deepak Chopra years ago that, you know, you identify a goal, you give some effort, and then you kind of let it go and let it do what it do. The way I see that is when I'm in when I'm in when I'm in a good aligned space, a good healthy space, you put in some effort, you make moves, right? Not thinking about making moves, not reading about making moves, you make moves. And then those actions they have energy, right? So they kind of reverberate. So let's say you, you're making a commitment to start a YouTube channel or to start a coaching practice or you start your own business, whatever it is. You know, my rule is like three, the rule of three. Like you do three things a day. I don't care what it is. And make a phone call, uh, set up a website, like three things that move you toward achieving your goal. And then you let those things go, live the other parts of your life and those three things have like an energy and like reverberate and stuff is happening behind the scenes that's why when you start to take action and you look up and you happen to meet someone in the most unlikely of places but that person 
has a connection or is the connection to the next step in you achieving your goal. It feels like coincidence, like happenstance, but and I'm not overly religious. You know, I'm not deeply religious, what I should say. Um, but I, I, but I believe in that kind of energy. You know, I, I believe in that. I don't believe in just sitting around wishing for a better life. I believe you got to make moves, but there is that balance, man. When you make your moves and then, you know, I admire people like my, my graphic designer, she'll tell you, man, she, she works all day, but at five o'clock, she shuts it down. Like you're not getting an email after five o'clock and whatever she does with her life after like, I, I admire that. And so complacency almost got my ass to not record this podcast and come up with some weak excuses, but I'm sitting here right now. It is 12.32 a.m. I've got a flight in the morning, and I'm going to make this happen. So when I was talking about how I had to take a step back from my goals, sometimes you are so close with such detail to the work that it's hard to see what's going well. So when I read the part where I said, while some of this year still feels kind of chaotic and still feels a mess, there are other aspects that feel like they're coming together. That gave me a warm feeling because it, it, I'm not great at seeing what's working when, I'm, when you're in the weeds with it. I'm always thinking about like what's not working or I might have like a scarcity mindset and think time is going to run out if I don't get this done today. And I had the presence of mind to know that while this year had been chaotic and it's, you know, it's a, the first year was rough uh, that we made some gains we made some gains so that's one two the part about stepping back and not forcing 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 things to happen I have not fully evolved <laughs> there, but I am better than I used to be I will say that I I don't know how to explain it. Like, I love my work. Like, I, 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 I love it. And I think a part of it is because my wife says I have restless spirit. So I know for me, like, a, a job for 30 years doing the same thing just wouldn't work for me. It's not a bad thing. It's just I'm just not wired that way. But this work and building Unfold the Soul, it gives me a core, right? I've got a, I've got a core. I've got a center where I develop, deliver professional development. But there are lots of ancillary opportunities for me to create and try things and risk and, you know, make something out of nothing, like bring a thought to life. And that's the entrepreneurial side of me. And I, when I tell you I love it, like I love it. And I'm at a place and I'm at an age now where I really do, like time is a new currency and I am blessed to spend most of my waking hours doing what I love so I say all that to say this I could work all day and all night and just like I could do it so I'm a workaholic in that sense but it's not painful work and it's not work that it's never drudgery Uh, you know I was up till 2.30 this morning just captioning videos you know captioned about 30 videos and then you know that I'm going to post on social media like I can I can do it all day long so that part I don't beat myself up about what I do beat myself up about is 
as abundant a thinker as I am, I'm an optimist. Um, I think I struggle a little bit with imposter complex. Like there's a gremlin inside my head that um, he isn't as loud as he used to be. But I think sometimes I get these whispers like, you better get that shit done. I mean, it's all going to disappear. They're all going to take it from you. Like it's, people are going to find out who the hell you are. <laughs> you know, not, and none of the stuff lines up because, you know, I know I do good work. I have a fantastic network. Part of that journal entry was about Rick DeFore and his impact in my life, which also just made me, it made the, it makes this whole episode kind of serendipitous because I, I almost didn't do it tonight. And just reading about Rick and going back to that time and thinking about the email he sent us, it's just, it's, this is where I'm supposed to be at this moment. But there's a little, there's a little gremlin sometimes. And um, in the spirit of complete transparency, I have, you know, the, the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. You've heard it in the commercial. This nine video module. It's, I think it's, I think it's a fantastic product. And I am dying to go completely public with it. The site is up. Everything is right there. But I need, I need a few testimonials from early adopters and folks who have piloted it and used it. And, and I, I've gotten that feedback from a couple of people. Like in my mind, I'm just ready to put the website out. But a couple of people say, hey, do you have testimonials? Because people don't know who I am or don't, aren't familiar with the, the product. Like I know when I go on Amazon, I'm looking at a new product. Hell, I, I, the first place I go is like, where are the reviews? What's the average? And I want to read a few of them. And so for the past few days, man, I have been pressing like hell to um, get a, just a handful of people to create reviews so I can go public with this thing and you know talk about it running forward and move. but I but I know there's a gremlin in my head that's fucking with me a little bit that has me thinking in terms of scarcity almost like there's an hourglass in front of me and every second that I don't have the testimonials which means I don't put the website out which means I don't go public which means I can't you know proclaim this thing from the rooftops like time is ticking away and when all those sands fall through the hourglass the gig is up they're gonna pull the mask off me and this whole shit's gonna crumble and I know that that doesn't make any sense and I probably shouldn't be sharing that with you but that gremlin never hangs around long I mean I I, you know, I point to the little black chair across my office. I tell him to sit his ass down so I can get back to work. But I know that's a that's a small piece of why I press so hard. And the thing is, I'm I'm not I'm not a I'm not a scarcity mindset person. Like I'm an abundant thinker. You know, um, I I believe that if you do good work, there's enough out there for everybody. And so those things I don't know what to call it you know so I'm gonna go from this to like Rick and you know Rick has been a model for me I mean Rick was a model I mean we were, we were, you know, I'm in this shit school and it's shitty situation and this man's writing us and you know like I said by this time I know he is interna- internationally known and these are not form emails he's sending back to us he's taking time to actually sit and write 
and uh, and you and you heard you, you know the last one of the last lines of the the journal entry was my confidence has soared and that's uh I didn't even know him well at this point like I my family got to know him and Becky before God rest their souls I mean we didn't have a formal ceremony to name them godparents but we could have I mean they were uncle and aunt without question just like that's I wasn't even 10% into what our relationship became and that email had that kind of impact and I think about that all the time because humbly I'm reach out all the time asking for coaching asking for advice um, you know whether it's the consultancy or leadership entrepreneurship and there's not a time there's not a time that when I'm responding to someone I don't think about Rick and the fact that he poured into my black ass when there are a million people just dying for any word from him and so I, I think about that and while I don't do any formal coaching at this time I do tons of informal coaching for those who reach out and take the step and I think about that and I think about the fact that he paid it forward and I try to do the same thing now um, I'm just grateful that I sat down and, and did this so I don't know what to call it. It's going to be bouncing all over the place. Um, back to the pressing. So, so the little gremlin and the fact that I still kind of press too hard. Like I'm pressing right now. And so, you know what the my intellectual, rational side says? Dude, the book was published on May 5th. Give yourself a fucking break. <laughs> like, give yourself some grace. Like, <laughs> I've got a couple of people I mentor who remind me, right? My wife reminds me of this too. Like it just came out in May. Look at me, just the damn ink on the cover ain't even dry yet. We're in December. We're talking about literally seven months and one day, right? Today's the sixth. Came out May fifth. Seven months and one day, but I'm carrying on as if as if Amazon has sent me a letter that says we ain't publishing another damn copy of this book after January 17th. Like, that's how I'm operating. And that's not healthy. Now, this is how I've gotten better. I've not gotten much better with that specific aspect, but I have gotten better with some of the aspects because I do, I do, um, I guess, a form of self-care. <laughs> I bowl. I'm consumed with bowling and I'm going to Learning Forward tomorrow I'm going to sit on a panel about marketing your book and then I'm going to do a, I'm going to present on Wednesday morning and then Wednesday afternoon my ass is on a plane back to Atlanta and I'm going to land with about an hour and a half to spare for me to get to Junction Lanes in Newton, Georgia so I can bowl in my league like that's that for me is a form of self-care. Like I, I've not joined anything in almost 15 years. It's the first outlet 
like the organized outlet I've ever had. And I love it. And I love carving out time for it. I mean, don't tell anybody, but I really fight for Tuesdays and Wednesdays because I ball on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I do, I do PD on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but several times I've said no. But I don't say because I'm bowling that day. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, that's my bowling day. Anyway, so in that sense, I've gotten better. Like, I... And when I'm bowling, I'm not thinking about work. It's just impossible to do so. That's like trying to be preoccupied on a golf course or, you know, something that's just intense. I mean, like it, bowling just requires you to be super present. And um, so I have improved in that area. I'm doing more self-care. Now, where I've got to even even better is like exercise. Like I, I don't exercise enough and I need to do that because I live in a house with very fit people. So it shouldn't be an issue. So, uh, when I'm bowling, I am where my feet are. Uh, my wife and I did a date night this past weekend, and I was very present. Went to a movie and all that good stuff. So, I'm getting better at being present. Like, I, I don't I don't carry my laptop everywhere like I used to and, you know, carry my notebooks everywhere like I used to. I've gotten better there. I've got to get some more self-care going, but I've I, I, but I've made some progress. Uh, I just got to sit that gremlin down a little faster, a little sooner, and, uh, and maybe not answer the door when he knocks. Yeah. What else do we have here? Listen, leaders. Um, I'm pretty sure Rick DeFore did not know that I was swooning as I read his email I mean eventually he knew because I never hesitated to tell him you know the impact he had has had and still has in my life but I'm sure in that moment he didn't write that email and said you know I'm about to change this guy's life forever and so and that's my point like we're always on teacher leaders school leaders right um de facto leaders you know, that's folks who, you know, you look at them and you just watch them comport themselves. You know, they're leaders without a title. We never know when we're on. You just never know. I'm sure. I'm pretty sure Rick didn't say to himself, you know, I think this guy's going to cut this email out. He's going to print it and cut it out and put it in a journal. He's going to have forever. But I did. I did. I did that. And, um, and I try to pay that forward now. So I'm going to give you one more thing. And I'm speaking in terms of your leadership with other adults, right? So adults in my classroom. And that is this. You've got to speak it into adults the way you want adults to speak it into kids. Like, uh, so I was, I was, I was uh, communicating with a mentee earlier. So she's a first-year principal in Connecticut. She's phenomenal. She was talking about some of the changes that she's making there at the school along with her leadership team. And I just emphasize, because I I know she, like many of you listening, assumes the brilliance in every child and then minds for it and looks for it, knows how to unearth it. 
and she's communicating that to her staff. That's what they have to do. That's what they have to do. That's what they have to do. And what I emphasized to her, just reminded her of, is that we've also got to do it with adults. And in fact, I almost leaned harder into the adults because I think, I think teachers get messages, get finite, uh, fixed mindset messages, so many messages about kids who can't or ability grouping or unable or they have this or they're brokered this way that sometimes it wouldn't shock me if when I talk about the brilliance in every child and unearthing all their gifts and strengths whether that's not, that, that might sound like fluff or Pollyanna now it doesn't stop me from ever saying it because I believe it and I know it to be true but what I do is I couple that with treating the adults like they're my classroom so I couple you know unlimited possibilities of kids with the brilliance the collective genius of the adults in other words when I make a case for why kids have to learn and why we have to execute this protocol and why we have to behave this way and why we have to ask these tough questions around data it's never it's, it's never communicated in terms of what you're not doing it's always communicated in terms of me leveraging the brilliance in this room right the four teachers at this table the three teachers at this table the, the collective genius of staff the the collective innovation of focus kids kids win because of what we do that like that's my communication you know I, I know that kids are going to win because they're smart and they're brilliant. We have to kind of get beneath the surface with some of our kids to, to, to find it. You know, I'm still always going to talk about that. But my real, personally, for me, that's where I think I derive most of my strength is really coaching those adults, is, is, is reaching inside adults I work with and help them see things, see more. And I want them to see, I want them to see what I see. And I know that when a handful of adults put their backs to the wall and decide something's gonna happen, we move heaven and earth, right? And so as leaders, I hear a lot of leaders talk about what they believe about kids and their unlimited potential. And, like, and those are all things, those are phenomenal. You'd never wanna stop saying those things. I'm also saying you gotta speak that into your adults as well. You gotta speak it into them. If you're not speaking it into them, that's a culture issue. Um, if you're only speaking it into kids, it, it's a mistake. You got to look at those adults and believe that they've got the keys to unlock the brilliance of every child and speak it into them. All right, baby. Can you see why I, I didn't know what to call this? It is 12.51 a.m. This will upload in four hours, nine minutes. And because of the entry itself, I am eternally grateful. I'm grateful to whatever spirit moved me to sit my ass down and do it. Half of the spirit was you, really. I mean, because, you know, every week, in some way or another, someone says, oh, I can't wait for the podcast. And I'm like, damn, I can't skip this week. So I thank you for uh, keeping me on track, for holding me accountable, and for making me better. And as always, equity starts with the crown.
not with the kid. episode of the unfolded soul bless his heart leadership podcast even though it's the last week of school there are folks in this building hell bent on making sure i earn every bit of the summer that's coming you've been listening to the unfold the soul bless his heart podcast with ken williams for more information about ken visit unfoldthesoul.com